This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 82, where we are looking at Gotham, Mad City, season 3, episode 5, Anything For You. Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzean on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Thank you, Butch, for that intro with this obviously incredibly Butch-centric uh, episode, which That's was fantastic. But welcome back, Gothamites, to our episode 82 on Gotham TV Podcast, where we are looking at anything for you, which is episode five of this third season of Gotham, mm. The Mad City. Yeah, um, a great Butch episode. Definitely. Um, really, really good. Uh, full of Butch, which is always good. He's one of, well, I think I can say our favourite characters are on Gotham. Absolutely. Uh, really worked his way up through the ranks from season one. Um, and in this episode, it looks like he's about to fall right back down those ranks. <laughs> um, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a really uh, interesting episode of Gotham this this week. Yeah, I kind of thought this was the end of Butch this episode. But before we go into it, this is our spoiler-filled discussion about the episode, uh, Season 3, Episode 5. So if you haven't seen the episode, pop over and watch us. You can see it on the RT player in Ireland uh, at the moment. It's on there for another month. Uh, or if you've already seen it in the US and you're just catching up with us, uh, great to have you with us. Absolutely. Uh, a little bit of uh, news to begin with. Mm. We are going to Heroes and Villains Fan Fest in London right. uh, on the 27th and 28th of May. There will be David Mazous, Sean Pertwee, Robin Lord-Taylor, Jessica Lucas, Andrew Powell, mm. and of course, the big villain towards the end of season two uh season milo ventimiglia yeah season one wasn't it? Season the, one, the ogre yeah the ogre yeah really cool yeah really good uh unfortunately uh cory michael smith had to pull out yeah he was on the roster as well That's but right. unfortunately he had other commitments come up so it'll be a shame to miss him um definitely um we had booked a, a penguin and an Ed Nigma photo uh, together, mm -hmm. uh, but unfortunately that won't be happening now. So that's you know, right. That's right. It would have been good to have uh, met Corey Michael Smith. Uh, I did actually get to meet Corey Michael Smith. Lovely, lovely chap. Uh, really good, really good to meet him last year. I was hoping to get to meet him again this year. Uh, part of the announcement is that we do also have press passes for the yeah, weekend. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so we might, might crossing our fingers for uh, for possibly an interview with some or maybe even all of the cast of Gotham that are at uh, at the event. So really looking forward to that. Might get an opportunity. To speak. Yeah, definitely. Like fingers and toes and legs crossed uh, that we. Can can arrange and get some uh, quality interview time with the members of, of Gotham mm -hmm. that are attending the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. So right. should all be really exciting and we're really looking forward to meeting some of our listeners there and hopefully a lot more as well. I hope there's a bunch of you heading over to London on the 27th and 28th of May. Definitely. And I am sure there'll be a few uh, beerettes to go uh, <laughs> with that. Or maybe some purse ciders, as I know one of our listeners uh, really quite quite likes. Um, yeah. But uh, Derek, then, what have we got for this episode? Yeah. Yeah. This episode, uh, season 
Three, episode five, Anything For You, was written by Denise Tay. Uh, she's well known, apparently, uh, for her work on Person of Interest. She was one of the showrunners on the show for quite a long time. A uh, really good show, actually. Yeah, um, really good. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Jonathan uh, uh, Nolan. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, she also did, worked on Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which I must admit, I missed when it was on first, but I started watching quite recently. I watched about four or five episodes of it, and I'm really, really enjoying it. And one other little fact about Denise Tay, uh, she's also doing a show at the moment called Defenders of the Gao. Why is that interesting? Because we do Defenders TV podcast, and there is a character in the most recent show, Iron Fist, called Madame Gao. So interesting. I wonder if that will get past the lawyers over in uh, over in Netflix and Disney. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. And of course, um, not only can you listen to us on Defenders, but you can find us at Gotham for all things Gotham at www.gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes or just search Gotham TV Podcast on any other good or evil podcast catcher. That's true. <laughs> good catch there, John. Yeah, absolutely. That one. Uh, the episode was directed by one of our favourite directors, TJ Scott. Yeah. He's done seven episodes of Gotham so far. It's really surprising that he's done he, so many. He is um, really good. He's got a really nice visual style to mm -hmm. him. And I think that comes through in this episode as yeah. well. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, one of the things I was remembering was that uh, just because this show is airing so much later than it was originally supposed to in Ireland, we're, we're months and months behind the US. Uh, I remember back in about... August time last year, we got a message from TJ Scott with an image of um, of Jervis Tetch's room, the one that's at the end of the episode. So he'd sent on that to us last August. So they were filming yeah. it back then. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. But John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode? Sure. Oswald Cobblebot's term as mayor starts well, but begins to be undone as a new Red Hood gang appears and openly destroying his newfound achievements, challenging his authority. Enigma hits the trail of the Red Hoods and soon discovers that Butch, after killing his gang, is behind the new version of the group as part of a scheme to undermine Enigma's influence with Penguin and establish himself once again as Cobblepot's right-hand man. Or is that left hand with a hint of, with a hint of iron? At a celebratory party in the new Mayor's Honor, Bruce tells Selina how he feels about her, but is not sure how Selina feels towards him. As he reasserts his feelings towards her, they both share a kiss. Meanwhile at the party, Nigma, who has Tabitha Galavan hostage, confronts Butch and manipulates him with the promise of power, but only if he kills Cobblepot. As he executes the plan, he is exposed as the leader of the Red Hood gang and is betrayed by Enigma, failing to kill Penguin in the process. Back at the GCPD, Barnes, who was previously exposed to Alice Tetch's blood, asks Lee about the tests on the blood as he begins to find his feet and a newfound strength from within. Elsewhere in Gotham, Jervis Tetch mourns his sister's death and plots revenge against Gordon. I see what you did there with the uh, finds his feet. Very good, John. Yeah, Very yeah. Good. <laughs> the, the crutches of no use know, anymore. I'm sure we'll be talking about it as we go through our episodes. If you haven't joined us before, the way we cover our episodes is we pick out five case notes about the episode, hopefully covering the main points of the show. Uh, and then we discuss any notes about the episode as we as we go into it. Uh, John, do you want to kick us off with our first, our first note? It kind of has to be about Butch, doesn't it? It really does. Butch the Betrayer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the return of the Red Hood game. Gang. Um, yeah, like this was really heavily uh, butch orientated, but it was absolutely surprising to see him in charge of this new gang or of Red Hoods. Mm. 
It was understandable. You know, he's feeling sort of uh, weak, I think, at the moment. He's feeling slightly on, on a cliff edge with regards to his relationship with, with the Penguin. Absolutely. Uh, because Enigma really has stolen his thunder. He's been appointed sort of Penguin's chief of staff in his, in his new team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he, he's trying to undermine, um, Enigma here, really. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of, he doesn't start particularly well as, uh, the head of Gertrude Cobblepot is, is um, shot off, uh, the statue. And, uh, yeah, right in front of Penguin, not yeah. a good idea. We know how much he has mummy issues, really loves his Definitely. mum. Um, and, effectively is worshipping her with this sta- unveiling of a statue. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it gets shot off uh, by the Red Hood gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and At least they use a sledgehammer as well to knock it off. I wasn't expecting that a gun would be able to well, do Well, that's true. That would have been our Batman 66 moment for the episode if, <laughs> if it had. But... It, it certainly would have done. The other great... It, ni- it was nice to see Gertrude pop, call, pop back. I would like to see her back in maybe a flashback rather than a statue next time, though. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't think it really looked like her, to be honest, really? though. But, um, yeah, that was a bad move. I did quite like the other move where he blows up the new school bus, uh, that, uh, <laughs> Penguin ha- has mm. sort of bequeathed to um, a-, a religious school, I think. Um, but yeah, he, uh, they, also, I think blow up the priest. Actually, um, yes, they don't. They don't really. They give the priest a grenade, and he can't hold on to it. So, is, <laughs> th- is that their fault? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but we but... do know right back from season one, Butch does have something about nuns because he did. He did capture some nuns and set them across a the road. Remember in uh, season one, episode six or seven, I think. Yeah. It was. <laughs> but I mean, all these achievements of Penguin, or all these things that are close to him, are gradually being eroded away, and. Uh, but it brings uh, Penguin and Ed closer together mm-hmm. in the end, um, really, after the expose of Butch in, in the club. I mean, I was shocked when Nigma, at least on face value, seemed to be going against uh, the Penguin. And I wonder if whilst he obviously had laid this as a trap for Butch, mm. I do wonder whether... Uh, there was something true when he said, I don't play second fiddle to anyone. I really do wonder whether later on in, in this season, he is going to kind of act, sort of go through with this to some degree. I don't know how. Maybe. I, I can't imagine that the penguin is going to get killed off um, or, or can really, but I think there might be some kind of coup or, or, or something. I can't imagine they're going to stay friends forever. Yeah, no. Exactly and so I wonder if in this moment was was a kind of enigma saying, kind of setting Butch up. But if Butch had been successful, if if he'd somehow gotten a different gun and the plan had succeeded, maybe Ed wouldn't have been too unhappy. Do you know what I mean? Probably maybe not. Maybe it was that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was interesting as well. It was great to see Zaz back oh, in, yes. in the episode. But it was really good to... Um, to see uh, sort of Zaz on on Enigma's side here, mm. uh, shooting Butch in, I, pres- I think it was in the leg. So um, yeah, Butch really kind of gets exposed for his Wheeler dealings um, yeah. behind the scenes. Uh, but it does ultimately bring Penguin and Ed closer together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, embracing together it, back at Ed's gaff. I'll do anything for you. You can always count on me. I wonder if that's. 
this is the start of an even more beautiful relationship. Maybe. I wonder. Maybe, It yeah. could well be. Um, and, well, let's hope, hey? Yeah, I mean, right. at the end of the day, you know, they have a platonic relationship at the moment. Mm. Will it go any further? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, there does seem to be a de- de- definitely a deepness to their friendship. Definitely. Uh, it's getting deeper as we go on. Uh, on to case note two, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so... Bruce and Jim exchanging dating tips. Boy, David Mazus is growing up fast, definitely, isn't he? Yeah, like a weed, I think, <laughs> uh, according to uh, Bullock. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> growing thin and strong and quickly like a weed. Yeah. This uh, exchange between the, uh, the two of them w- was really, uh, really good. Um, and uh, like even just like with Gordon's uh, look on his face as, as, as he's kind of, yeah... Right. Okay. You know, he, he, he knows how much, uh, Bruce Wayne sort of feels for, for Selena Absolutely. here. He, he knows that and sort of, you know, Bruce is kind of playing it down a lot. Um, but really, really good. Yeah, Not that really necessarily like, yeah. Bruce should be taking dating tips off, uh, Jim Gordon, given <laughs> the train wrecks, uh, that lie behind him. Mm-hmm. But, true. uh, yeah, re- really good. Yeah. Yeah. Re- I really enjoyed that, that moment with the two of them, with Jim and, uh, and Bruce where, uh, where Jim has guessed that the relationship with Selena has been going on a while. So nothing's really happened. Obviously we know that, but, uh, but he knows, like we all do, that Bruce is very deeply in love with uh, with Selena, um, which we see later on in the episode. We do see a moment between the two of them, which you mentioned in your uh, in your synopsis, where Bruce tells uh, Selena finally of his feelings, finally tells her he's in love with her, gets a kiss off her, but I don't think he really does get any further confirmation as to whether Selena has any love for him at all we know obviously she, she's a teenage girl the two of them have been getting on very well we know there's something in their relationship but selena loves messing with bruce's mind because he's a young guy who's not hugely experienced yeah yeah i mean and obviously it was at the party mm-hmm. as all good parties there has to be some kind of office gossip at of the end um, <laughs> but they're up on the roof um mm-hmm. you know so it's classic Batman. Yeah, really good. Um, the, I, I really like it. You know, there's something between us. Um, rule one, don't tell me what I must do as she goes in for the, the kissy kiss kind of thing. Um, and like, I don't really think it will go any further. I wonder. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, will it develop over the course of the season? I'm not entirely sure whether it will do. As I say, I think I think Bruce is as bewildered after that scene as he yeah. was before the scene. <laughs> but, I, but I do like how he calls out that Jim has found a new bow. I love that little moment where they're sitting down having breakfast together and, uh, and Bruce says to Jim, um, who's the new woman in your life? I noticed in your house there was a coffee cup with some lipstick on it. <laughs> Again, another great Batman moment. He's really got that that yeah. style of picking up everything in a room. You know, Jim's apartment is an absolute mess. Yet Jim was uh, sorry. Yet Bruce was able to pick out one cup with lipstick on it. Very yeah, impressive. Very impressive. And uh, and even just I think you had spotted it. When Bruce arrives at his apartment, it's do you want a drink? As though he's going to offer him a whiskey, and then suddenly he goes a, a glass of water. A glass of water yeah. yeah, really, really good. Uh, and of course, yeah, Jim and Valerie Vale's relationship seems to be getting more and more familiar mm. uh, as time goes by. Gate crashes her working dating uh, relationship yeah. and, and meal at some restaurant, but yeah. I suspect it won't last, though. It's, just, I it's Jim that. Gordon. <laughs> I still think, despite 
everything he said in the GCPD to uh, Leslie Tompkins, where he's like, you know, it's your life, you can do what you want. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's to try and rile her to get her thinking, I think. <laughs> Something's going to happen. She is marrying a Falcon, after all. Very true. Um, Very true. And in I- fairness to Valerie... In fairness to Valerie, she yeah. she does may have that moment with Jim where she says, "I'm not going to stay over another night because that then it would be a thing." So she's still got that personality about her where she's kind of going, "Okay, I'm, I'm I don't mind sleeping with you, I don't mind having a relationship with you, but this will not become a thing." Right? So <laughs> yeah. uh, I really like that about Val. It's cool. Yeah, definitely. But there's someone else that gets to the GCPD in mm. this episode as well. I think with our third note, Nigma. Ed Nigma returns to his previous uh, workplace as he returns to the GCPD. Yeah, he uh, has now he's swapped his forensic lab jacket mm-hmm. uh, with um, all authority and power bestowed on him by the mayor's office, throwing uh, threats around to Captain Barnes. That's right. You know, yeah. If should. you don't allow me all the access that I need to to follow up on effectively the attack on the statue by the Red Hood gang, then we can always appoint another commissioner who will fight you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the so commissioners have stuff. always been in the pocket of the mayor. Uh, Absolutely. Up until one future commissioner uh, who still hasn't gotten that role yet. But uh, yeah, uh, he's still, and he seems as far as he ever was from it <laughs> with uh, his Han Solo-esque uh, existence at the moment. <laughs> poor Jim. Yeah. yeah, well, poor Jim, but... But this this moment of Nigma returning to GCPD does lead to some great, great moments in uh, in there with, with other characters. Love his meeting with uh, with Harvey Bullock. Obviously, we've been looking for our Bullockism the week. There isn't really one here, but I kind of am going to take Nigma's comment to Bullock as my Bullockism of the week. <laughs> it's not really a Bullockism, but it's about Bullock. I just love that Nigma says to him, uh, still a stranger to a wash and a haircut uh, and a good yeah. shave. Yeah, it's good. A good little moment really to, to play between the two of those. There's never been any love loss between Nigma and, and Harvey and nice to see that relationship back there as well. And then also we get a, the final meeting again of Nigma and Lucius Fox last season. You know, Lucius Fox was basically at death's door because of a riddle that Nigma had set up for him. But we find out in this episode that Nigma wasn't as bad as he said he was. That that was only knockout gas that was in the room. If they didn't answer the riddle, they'd just be knocked out. It wasn't something that would kill them. So does that make Nigma okay? Not really. Um, <laughs> but I do like Lucius's threat where he says to him, um, if you ever do anything like that, if you ever threaten my life or the life of Bruce yeah. Wayne again, I will, I will find a way to end you. And then says to him, um, be careful what you touch, basically, because I could have left something on on any of the instruments that I know you're going to touch while you're in my lab. Uh, that could be the thing that will take you out. Um, yeah, a bit nice. of poisoning. Oh, nice little threat. Yeah, just... a bit of a threat. Um, mm. And not the only threat that uh, Enigma gets whilst he's back at the GCPD. There's that, obviously, the nice one with Lucius Fox. Mm-hmm. A bit of uh, ricin on the microscope would have uh, sorted <laughs> out uh, Ed Enigma. Mm-hmm. But we get Leslie Tompkins. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed her threatening Nigma. First, with a good old right hook to to the face. Oh um, yeah, and I mean, uh, Ed Nigma's expression as he's been punched and, and just the glare and the scowl that he gives towards her, but she just stands up to him and you know threatens him with her father-in-law, Carmine Falcone. If anything happens to me, um, so then. Good. 
you'll be gone. I will get my father-in-law-to-be to uh, take you out. Really heavy stuff from, from Leslie Tompkins. I love the fact that she ends it with kind of a really bright and breezy kind of if there's anything that the mayor wants me to do to help, I'm that, absolutely yeah? free to do it. Like, yeah. no problems whatsoever. <laughs> Love that. Uh, and Enigma just feels absolutely sort of uh, crestfallen. He, mm. He's completely there. Because you could see him at the start where he was leaning against the wall. It was fairly dark, the corridor. You knew he was going to be threatening. He was going to be smarmy. Uh, and... In fairness as well, Leslie does it for Christine Kringle, so good on her. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, we see, actually, from Nygma's response, he's got, he's moved beyond uh, that sort of double schizophrenic kind of bipolar existence, and he really doesn't seem to show any remorse for the fact that he has done, at least not now. It's almost as though the whole Enigma, uh, the Riddler, um persona has now taken over yeah, i thought yeah. that was an interesting touch actually yeah. definitely yeah and then the final one really is just enigma working with the gcbd it seems here that if he wasn't working with them they wouldn't have found out the connection between butch gilzine and the red hood gang um it looks i know like, lucius would have found out definitely well it looks like uh, harvey's willing to quit he tells everybody to uh to to get out and go home you know <laughs> uh, as he's as they're doing the investigation into the room it's it's ed that realizes that uh, there are suits there for every member of the red hood gang that are made by the same person that's crafted butcher's suits so. but that's ed looking for who's behind the red hood gang true, true. they have found it as far as bullock is concerned it's like they're all dead it's done we're not going to lose any sleep uh-huh. um go home grab a whiskey, you know, come in bright and early tomorrow. Absolutely. Ha- happy hour time, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But yeah, I think, I think Nygma, that's probably what let him get the insight that Butch is oh, heavily connected yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. And one other big kind of point for the episode, we don't see much of it this time. Uh, this is Mad City, so they are keeping the storyline of the Mad Hatter alive. So uh, our next case note is what's in Alice's blood? What is it? It's really powerful, it seems. It's gotten uh, gotten Captain Barnes to walk again. Yeah, without his uh, crutch, mm. absolutely. Um, and he seems very pleased about it as well. Well, we, we get a glimpse of it, um, obviously, in, in Leslie's uh, lab, mm. where she basically says that it effectively uh, a psycho mouse in the lab goes off and uh, you know causes a massive massacre amongst all the lab mice (laughs) but basically gets through the cages to get to the other mice and so it's like increased strength it's more sort of unhinged behavior Mm -hmm. bloodthirst whatever it may be I don't suspect this is going to be good news for Captain Barnes. No, no, I don't um, think so. That, 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 that bad stuff that happens around his eyes and mm. blood, you know, the blood veins popping looks kind of like he's going to go mental, you know, really sort of lose the plot. Yeah. So um, I don't think it's going to end out well for Barnes, but I can't wait to see... You know, is he going to morph into something like deformed from what he is, stronger, mm. uh, bigger? 
is he going to lose it and sort of run off down an alleyway, down into a sewer or something, and really sort of be be lost from the GCPD? I thought um, you were thinking he was Kelly Croc there for a second. Well, maybe. Uh, interesting. Yeah, there is. There was an interview with Michael Chiklis before this season started, where he said that this this whole storyline is the reason why he took the role within Gotham, where he will have a change and he will potentially become. A character from the Batman comic books, uh, potentially a villain, didn't say, but I think it's likely that he's going to become a villain, right? Yeah, I, I really can't wait to see mm. what he morphs into, to be honest. That's an interesting one, interesting one. But yeah, I'm sure there's lots more to come in the rest of Man City on the uh, the blood of Alice Tetch. Yeah, and of course, speaking of blood, we do see um, her brother, uh, the Mad Hatter, mm-hmm. uh, in a really, really cool uh, room, the... Um, oh, yeah. poor lady having a uh, throat sliced open uh, with some kind of mannequin thing hanging over whether that's a dead body I don't know but all set up for Alice in Wonderland's tea party yeah. um, out comes the knife slit goes the neck and mm. he writes Jim Gordon's name he is absolutely looking for vengeance for the death of his sister um, and is still obviously uh, mourning her her loss. But I can't wait for him to go after Jim Gordon. I yeah. really can't. I mean, so far, the Mad Hatter, Jervis Tetch, I've absolutely loved his presence on the screen. Yeah. It's been really, really good. Um, he was in Walking Dead and... Um, but he really gives a presence about him, and I can't wait to see what he does to go after Jim. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, it's really cool. I love this idea that is that his his mind has now snapped that bit further. He always seemed a bit in control, much more in control. I think in the previous episodes, whereas this time he's lost Alice now, and now he's kidnapping a woman, calling her Alice, and then killing her and using her blood to write the letter to Jim. So he's. He's gone off the reservation now. He has gone off, mm. definitely. But I can't wait to see what happens. Um, I really hope it gets kind of drawn out over this season, maybe this battle between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder whether it's just going to be a first half of the season kind of thing. Maybe. Um, but um, the longer the Mad Hatter sticks around, the better. Really good. Yeah. Um, and certainly now that, say, Ed Nigma is in a more respectable role, I mean, I say that, but I mean, Penguin's going off doing stuff as though he's not the mayor. I mean, the fact that, you know, one of his his team, Butch, machine guns the Red Hood gang, even though it's to save his own neck. Mm -hmm. You don't really say that at a press conference, I don't think. But nonetheless, (laughs) it is Gotham. Yeah, that's Uh, true. And I mean, if the police are saying... It's all done and dusted now. Well, then, who are we to to say otherwise? But yeah, I love I love that little moment with uh, with Nigma where he's telling that his mom would be proud of would be proud of uh, of Oswald, and he says to him that the reason your mom would be proud is because the people of Gotham love you. All the gangs fear you. <laughs> you know, those two things really shouldn't marry <laughs> up in a person that wants their parents to be proud of them. I uh, love it. Absolutely <laughs> but love hey, it. As you say, it's Gotham. Absolutely. So, Derek, what's note number five? Our final point is the party at Sirens. Like, you know, it's kind of cool. I love this setting. We said it earlier on in the season, having Barbara and Tabitha 
a couple together owning this sirens club is really cool i love i love having a club in the city of gotham it's always a great place to get music in there because they love the music in in the show but it's always a great moment to have loads of characters meet up having uh having sean pertwee's alfred and bruce wayne going and meeting the mayor uh, for the first time since that scene at the end of uh, at the end of season uh season two uh yeah. where alfred says to says to oswald um, I felt it was fortuitous when you arrived with that bazooka, uh, <laughs> but I thought it was sad for Stan the gardener as he was picking up brains for weeks from from Wayne Manor. I thought that was just a great little moment with the two of them because you can tell there's a little kind of weirdness about uh, about that relationship. You know, if it wasn't for uh, the current mayor of Gotham, the previous mayor would have killed Bruce. You know, yeah, absolutely. But a bazooka um, might have been overkill. Oh, really good. And even just at the end, I think Bruce has gone off to to find selena and alfred just turns to penguin and goes right i'm off to wet my beak and you know really really good and really rubbing in the penguin sort of monocle with uh with cobblepot and really really enjoyed uh well whenever the two uh alfred and bruce are are on screen it it always makes for great dialogue i think it, it was good having them meet up with uh bazooka previously bazooka wielding cobblepot Mm -hmm. um yeah that was such a great scene from the end of season two Uh, and it's a nice little reference back then to to this season yeah absolutely and obviously one of the owners of uh of the sirens bar barbara does get another great moment when she's inviting uh well actually not inviting people to the party at sirens for the mayor where she's saying to all the gangs going there's a party in my place it's going to be amazing None of you are allowed to come. <laughs> Great little load. And it's, it's even when all the crap is going down in the bar, Butcher's mm-hmm. just been shot. I think he's jumped onto um, Enigma to strangle him because Tabitha's gotten free. Yeah. She comes in knife-wielding, stabbing people. Butch, I think, chucks Zaz across the bar, mm. goes for Enigma, and uh, you've got Barbara then just on the, the stage going, what a party, into the microphone, <laughs> swigging back champagne, which is lucky for, for Penguin because he uses that to knock uh, Butch out. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like uh, setting a ship off. Uh, I, yeah, I, I do kind of get this feeling that Barbara would have worked really well in like a, you know, a Western tavern, you know, those you know, the kind of places <laughs> yeah. that always had the old mall owning the place who was kind of really happy when there's a fight started because that means everybody's all liquored up and spent loads of money in the place. You know? <laughs> I, I, even just when she when she brings Butch in before the party mm. and because they found out that he is the leader of the Red Hood gang and it's just the look on her face and, and just the way she says, um, you know, if we can find out that it's you who leads these Red Hood gangs, what <laughs> yeah. about, you know, Enigma and the GCPD? Absolutely. Really, really good, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I must say, I really enjoy what they've done with Barbara's character. Um, after effectively, you know, she was traumatized in season one mm-hmm. and, you know, her and Jim effectively, uh, drifted apart um yeah it's really good to see her back uh like this i think it's really cool yeah yeah i, I do want to uh, talk about this i'll go into note actually really it's just about the relationship between barbara and tabitha it's kind of cool seeing this relationship between the two of them they're they're a couple they're, yeah they've definitely. been a couple since uh since the three of them lived together barbara uh tabitha and butch 
But I kind of like that there's a little extra dimension to the relationship with Butch, you know? I like that as uh, as Tabitha goes out to save Butch at the end of the episode, um, Barbara says to her, is there anything you need from me, babe? You know, um, it's just reinforcing that yeah. there is a relationship, but Tabitha's still going out on her motorbike to save Butch from the back of this of, of the ambulance. You know? Yeah. Um, kind of like that there's this this interesting proper triangle. It's not definitely there's kind of a friendship there, not a relationship between all three of them. But yeah, I kind of like that. Let's yeah. keep them going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with that, what is the bullockism of the week, Derek? I think I chose one earlier on uh, as, my, as my bullockism of the week. Um, the only other one that was in the episode that was was the happy hour moment. Uh, get, get ready for happy hour, boys. Clear out. You know, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was quite good. And then just one little kind of jibe us uh, at at. Oswald that he gives to Enigma, which is, where is our Lord Mayor? Is he hiding under his desk? Which is a little jab at Oswald not being as confident or as, um, or as aggressive as he, as he purports to be to everybody in the public. Yeah. I thought that was a nice little jibe, but not a huge amount of bullockism. But if we did miss any this week. I don't think we did, but I know what you mean. If we did miss any, then mm-hmm. please send in the bullockism that you think of the week or of this season so far up to episode five. Absolutely. Or if you're way ahead, like uh, our friends in America, well then uh, obviously you can send in a bullockism of the week for uh, our prize, uh, which is a vinyl pop of Harvey Bullock sitting over on our desk, just over there. I just can't reach him at the moment. So, uh, yeah, but you can, you can get our prize, uh, which is really cool. There's, there will be some more prizes added to the pot later on in the season. Absolutely. Um, but at the moment, it's just the lovely little Harvey Bullock, uh, pop. So yeah, uh, send in those to, to feedback at defenderstvpodcast.com, your bullockisms of the week. Thank you so much for those so far. Been really good hearing from you. Uh, and if you want to send in any feedback at all, just email us at feedback at defenderstvpodcast.com. John, what do you think of the episode overall? I'm giving this a good solid three and a half right hooks to Nigma's face out of five. <laughs> um, I like, I, I really enjoyed it. I do think it was maybe a bit of a, uh, not a filler episode, but it was certainly trying to push the story on from, uh, Penguin being elected mm-hmm. and so on. Um, but you know, it, it, and it was dealing primarily with the, you know, with the, unease with which Butch found himself. And I think that's what was the great thing about this episode, seeing Butch try and tackle, you know, effectively th- this challenge through the ranks from Ed Nigma and yeah. to try and reassert himself back as the true right-hand man of uh, Cobblepot. And um, I really enjoyed seeing uh, the Red Hoods back. Um, mm-hmm. I still think it's a really useful thing to have running through this series just because of its connection uh, with the Joker. Uh, so I really, uh, really enjoyed that. Um, I, I love just the mayhem that came at the party, the the potential for a double cross from Cobblepot. Absolutely. You know, I still think there's some truth in that and I'm really looking forward to see if that mm. actually does happen. Um, and to be honest, it'll be good to see now how this moves on with Jervis Tetch. So it, it was kind of setting a few things up as well Absolutely. with the, the Jervis Tetch uh, vengeance. But also, importantly, and one thing maybe that we haven't really covered too much was the the, the search for Ivy Pepper. Um, and obviously, Selena and Ivy meeting, unknowns to Selena, uh, in uh, the Sirens Bar uh, at 
the the party. Mm-hmm. Um, so that again is another really intriguing thing to to start to happen. But they have met, and Bruce is also has got Jim on the case, searching for Ivy Pepper. Yeah, so really. really I, I enjoyed all those aspects mm-hmm. coming coming in. So a really good episode uh, of Gotham for yeah. me. Yeah, it's like, obviously it's quite a long series with 22 episodes. It's a lot longer than the other ones that we cover over in Defenders TV podcast. So it does have to set up and do a lot of setup uh, on a regular basis for, for what's going to happen down the line, I suppose, a lot more than we would see in, in the other shows that we have. But I have to say the one thing about this episode, again, it pushed... It put Butch Gilzine on Death Watch for me again. I was going, oh, no, please don't kill off Drew. Please don't kill off Drew Powell in the show. Wouldn't like to see Butch gone. But it seemed like it was almost impossible that he was going to get out of this. He seemed like he'd lost all his friends. Yeah. Everybody seemed to be on the opposite side. Zaz, who he's worked with many times before. Yeah, absolutely. Opposed him. Uh, Enigma's going uh, kill Oswald, and he's going to go, well, that's my only real friend, but... Well, if you want me to, I'll join up with you, you know. Uh, but it's nice to see the end of the episode. It's nice that, that Tabitha is going to go and save him, just showing that there is still a relationship between the two of them. And I do think that, you know, Butch was forced into that move because Tabitha was being held. Absolutely. Um, ultimately, mm-hmm. I think. So, um, you know, he does have a respect and a loyalty to to penguin to some degree obviously that sounds a bit strange given that he tried to kill him and obviously he was trying to undermine enigma but it was through attacking penguin Mm -hmm. so um you know i still think he's loyal to penguin i just think he thinks that enigma is bad news and i that's why i wonder whether ultimately whilst Ed did betray him at this moment, whether what he says there is a grain of truth there. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Uh, that's it for our episode coverage, I think. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, on to feedback. Uh, we have some feedback from Daniel Butcher. Thank mm-hmm. you, Daniel, for sending in the feedback. Uh, he goes, so this episode for me is all about the relationships. Yes, everyone will focus on Riddler Penguin and the growth in their duo, but for me, Bruce Selina, it's been three seasons, so I'm all good with a kiss. I've gotten to the point where these two are true loves, and I really enjoy it. Honestly, I recently read a comic during Bruce's amnesia days, and him not remembering who she was for me was more painful than him not remembering he's Batman. And for me, someone like Butch, you go, girl, you get your boy out of custody. Poor Butch, again, at least someone loves you, buddy, enough to break you out, nice. Daniel. Thank you, Daniel, for uh, for that. Um, it's really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, it was great to see Tabitha at the end chasing after the so police cool. van to go and rescue her man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it does seem strange. Season three, and they're kind of close... She was closer to the doppelganger, but um, you know, it's it's a good thing to see, and yeah, and it it feels natural, it feels right, yeah. um, and I think it probably needs that that time. Uh, so yeah, it, it it's a really good point here, I yeah. think, uh, in this. Yeah, and to be fair to the doppelganger, he was more open with Selena than Bruce ever has been. This is the first time Bruce yeah. has ever told her his feelings for her. So uh, it is a great moment. And yeah, there's such a long, rich history in the comic books between Batman and, and, and Catwoman and between Bruce and Selina. You know, we've even seen in the films as well. So uh, so it is great to see these two characters getting a bit closer. But as I say, I'm not too sure whether Bruce has uh, 
has much more knowledge about Selena after that moment uh, that he did before. Uh, thanks so much, Daniel. So much, so great to hear from you as always. Uh, if you want to send in your feedback, just email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or you can pop over and join us on our Facebook group over at facebook.com slash groups slash Gotham TV podcast. Absolutely. And of course, we are on Twitter as well mm. at Gotham TV podcast. So come over and join us there for all our tweets on Gotham. And of course, you can watch our Gotham TV podcast episodes over on our YouTube channel every Wednesday. Or you can listen, of course, at gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes mm -hmm. or search any other good podcast catcher for Gotham TV podcast. Uh, we will be back for episode six of Gotham Mad City. Follow the white rabbit. <sighs> Next Wednesday, the 17th of May. I know. Yeah, well, I think we're going to get a lot of Jervis Tetch. I think we might. Um, hooray. <laughs> I can't wait to see more Jervis Tetch. That's awesome. Can't wait. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. It's really good uh, for you being here with us, sharing uh, and listening to our thoughts mm -hmm. uh, on all things Gotham. Uh, and we will speak with you next time. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Bye. Well, hopefully we'll see a few of you at the end of the month over at Heroes Villains Fan Fest in London. Definitely. That would be awesome. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week on the 17th of May. Absolutely. Take care, guys and gals. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby. <laughs>